Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your captain speaking. Welcome to First Class Focus, Houston's business podcast where we keep Houston's business owners in the know about what impacts them the most. Please take your seat and fasten your seatbelt as we prepare for takeoff. Hello and welcome to First Class Focus. I'm Andrew Buckingham, the owner of Action Coach Houston Interloop. And I'm Greg Mellon with Coverage Marketing. Together we host Houston's Business Podcast, where we give real answers to real questions from real business owners. No fluff, no filler, just quick hints on how to improve and grow your business. Each week we sift through dozens of questions from business owners here in Houston, uh, to really dig into them. So Greg, who do we have this week? So this week, we're extremely excited to have Douglas Horde with My Tax Guy in Houston. Thanks for coming on, Douglas. Sure. Why don't you tell the uh, listeners a little bit about yourself and your background before we dive in? Sure. Well, um, I started My Tax Guy uh, in 2003. And so I've completed 18 years, beginning the 19th year in business. Um, we work primarily with self-employed people or higher level employed people who have complicated tax returns. And uh, I have in my previous careers been a lawyer doing bankruptcy. I've been a mortgage broker. I've been a, an adjunct professor teaching people how to get into graduate school. And um, I've been doing taxes, as I say now. I've been doing taxes really since the 1980s. Mm-hmm but doing it as a primary focus for 18 years. Wow. I imagine it's significantly different now than it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially just the pace at which it's changing, but don't, don't let me distract. Um, I guess before we go straight into the question, why don't you tell people a little bit about how we do this first so they can submit their own. Absolutely. I mean, we will find the experts in Houston to, uh, to talk through the questions. So if you do have a question, um, we would love to hear from you. If you give us a call on our phone number on 832-377-7998, it goes straight to voicemail. You put in your uh, question. Let us know who you are, what company it is, or at least the industry, so we can uh, make sure you get the relevant credit for the for the questions you're there. And there is really no, uh, no silly, no stupid questions. It's amazing uh, what we get in there. Uh, they're all really great questions. We put them together and we get questions just like today's one. So, Greg, can you uh, let us know what that is? Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to see the volume of calls going up each week that we do this. I'm actually really excited to see that. Uh, just in the last seven days, we've had a little bit north, a little north of about 40 voicemails that have all been left for us with people asking questions. Um, surprisingly, I definitely did not expect this, but we had a high volume of questions about cryptocurrency specifically and how it relates to taxis. So today's question comes from Mark, who owns a construction company here in Houston. So let's listen to that real fast. Hey y'all, this is Mark. I have some questions about cryptocurrency. I've been, uh, I own a construction company here in uh, the east side of Houston. Uh, we service the greater Baytown, Galveston, Katy, Conroe Market. We literally cover the whole city. Uh, during COVID that we all experienced that uh, I, I dabble a little bit in some uh, cryptocurrency. So me and some friends, we have some Zoom calls about what what can we do with this downtime, and that was something that kind of came up, and um, it seemed like a good way to go. However, uh, through my research, I've learned that um, there's some tax consequences, and there's some good to 
decisions and the bad decisions to make here, and I just want to get some feedback so I can make the best decision for me and my company on how to handle the tax situation with cryptocurrency. I've heard some things that sound kind of weird, and I, I, I really don't know how I feel about them right now. Like some people are saying, form an LLC with a subchapter S. That to me kind of sounds like taxes with extra steps. So um, I just want some clarity on that. Help me figure it out. Make the right decisions so I can uh, benefit greatly from this time. Thank you very much. Okay, so the main gist of his question, just to boil it down to something a little bit more concise. Do I pay taxes on crypto trades? Let's just start there. Yes, you do. <laughs> okay, why does it matter? Why, do, why should I care about this? The primary reason you'd want to take caution and care with this is cryptocurrency taxation is one of the top three enforcement priorities the IRS currently has in front of it. There's enormous penalties for not reporting, uh, there's an underreporting penalty, a substantially incorrect penalty, which can be stacked, plus interest, and uh, the IRS is showing a great deal of attention on accuracy, and it is on the taxpayer to properly report these trades and profit and loss. So that means if the IRS comes to me and says, hey, we don't think that this is accurate, whether I reported it or not. Mm -hmm. It's up to me to actually prove that is correct. Correct. Not up to them to prove it. Right. And if you did your accounting yourself and they don't like it, mm -hmm. then they're just going to, they're going to tax you on the entirety of the sales mm -hmm. and not give you credit for the basis or the offsets for losses. Ooh, this is just interesting. Yeah. Uh, how, uh, how would they, uh, how would they even know to even look for, uh, to look to see if I'd done trades. I mean, I thought I had this, you know, Bitcoin wallet or whatever out it, there. No one knows it's all hidden. I mean, sure. I guess I guess they've got ways. I thought well, that was the whole point. So, uh, Andrew, how did you buy your initial Bitcoin? Uh, I think I bought it with uh, my debit card, I guess. Hey, and guess who regulates the banks that issued that debit card? No. <laughs> <laughs> thought I was being slick, huh? So it's very easy for the IRS to determine who has been trading. Um, there was recently a series of court cases against Coinbase who did not want to reveal their user base and user data, and the IRS got a judge to rule that the top 10,000 Coinbase traders' uh, information needed to be shared with the IRS in camera with the judge. And of those 10,000 top traders, two had reported their crypto trades. And that got the court to rule that Coinbase had to turn over all of its user records. Since that time, uh, the SEC has ruled that these are reportable commodity trades. Mm -hmm. And there is probably going to be in the next year and a half to two years, a requirement that every exchange and wallet report the trades just like Fidelity and TD Ameritrade and Robinhood Securities so that you get a 1099B with all of your with all your reported trades. So it's basically being treated just like any other financial institution. Is that exactly. Okay. 
Well, in that case, then let's talk about let's talk about some of the biggest mistakes that you see, considering that you're knee deep in this stuff every single year. Mm-hmm. I imagine just based on what you're saying right now, that one of the biggest issues, if two out of the top ten thousand traders aren't reporting it at all, would I be assuming incorrectly that one of the biggest is, biggest mistakes is simply not reporting that trading activity? Or that was the biggest mistake. However, the IRS has been aggressively sending out demand letters to people who they either know or suspect have been trading and demanding that they either update their tax returns or provide an explanation. Um, In fact, several of my clients who did report their trades got those letters afterward. uh, And then we had to show that we had already reported. So I put all the time good decisions when you get that letter and you know you already have the proof that you did it correctly. Oh, it's still my fault. I did it wrong, right? (laughs) Oh, no. Um, But so the biggest mistake people are making now Mm -hmm. is trying to do the accounting of their trades by themselves. The accounting is required to be FIFO, first in, first out. So your oldest holding is the one you sell first. So if you have a big gain on those sales, you're going to pay tax on it. You don't get to pick and choose which ones. So let me be more clear. Within a specific exchange or wallet, Mm -hmm. you don't get to pick and choose which Bitcoin or Dogecoin you sell. It's first in. That's the first out. The only way to get around that is to have multiple wallets and invest in multiple coins across multiple wallets, and then you can choose which wallet you want to sell from, and the FIFO rules would be applied to that. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a headache to track all of them, though. There's no real way to do it as an individual. There are now services out there that work much like Intuit's Quicken or Intuit's Mint product, where you log in with your wallet and exchange credentials, mm-hmm. and they pull in all your transactions, and sort them into FIFO and apply the basis for each one of the coins that you're selling and show you whether you had a gain or a loss on them. Okay, so then we have people who simply aren't reporting that at all, Mm -hmm. right? Then we have people who are attempting to report it, but for whatever reason, let's say accidentally misreporting or missing information unintentionally. I imagine just by virtue of human nature that there's a number of people out there that attempt to report it, but I feel like they're outsmarting the IRS and trying to cheat the system. How effective is that and how how common is that for you to see? Considering it's one of their top three enforcement priorities, mm-hmm. there's now a question on every tax return asking whether you sold, exchanged, traded, received cryptocurrency, any kind of virtual currency. So if you answer no to that question so that your return can be filed, Mm -hmm. but you did, then they got you on fraud. They don't even have to go into whether you reported enough or, I mean, like one transaction that you failed to report and you answered that question, no, now you've committed tax fraud. Wow. Just a real light tax fraud. Light tax fraud. Yeah. But so the computer system that processes these returns as they come in is looking for crypto activity. Hmm. And if it sees that, then it's going to examine whether or not it's being reported in a proper format, whether it makes sense. And um, if you have Coinbase trading, 
they can match it up with Coinbase because they're now starting to report to the IRS. Ooh. And that's that's maybe the best the best way is, you know, I mean, thinking about all those different transactions and what they could be. I mean, at least with Fidelity or whoever, you get that nice report at the end of the year. For someone that's planning ahead and thinking about, and that's probably the first thing you should do is think about that taxes and what you're going to have to do at the end of the year and who you're going to give it to and all that, how to start even keeping track of this. What is the most simplest way to start thinking about it and, and going forwards? If, say, someone's never actually done one, a done a trade, and they're about to start, you know, should they be keeping a logbook, uh, you know, a dictaphone? What, <laughs> how are we going to keep track of all this going forward? So what's, what's your best suggestion, and what makes your life the most easiest? We will, we will not work with someone's crypto unless they've used one of these third-party service mm -hmm. aggregators, because otherwise there's no way that I can trust the numbers that I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. If somebody had one issue that they sold, like one transaction, mm -hmm. I can calculate what that basis and gain or loss is. Um, but most people who trade crypto trade it in the way that day traders trade. Mm -hmm. And... There are now wallet accounts that have debit cards that can draw on your crypto balance. Mm -hmm. And every time you use that debit card to buy Starbucks, that's a reportable tax transaction on your income tax return. Wow. Okay, so then if somebody is doing that, then it sounds like one of the first ways just to simplify their reporting, their crypto trade when it comes time for tax season is just to keep an accurate log of all their trades. They, yeah, and they should sign up with one of these third-party aggregator yeah. services right away and synchronize their wallet accounts so that yeah. they – because they're even going to get better reporting on whether they're making money or not. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not just a tax tool. It's a tool to actually look at their investments, so right. call them investments, and, and look well, at how they do that. Would you want to try to rely on your memory to remember whether you oh. – what you paid for something before you sold it? Yeah. Like, I can barely remember which bills I've paid so far this month. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, as soon as you said, would you rather rely on your memory just before even hearing a letter after I sent you? No. <laughs> no, I'd rather not, knowing right. myself. So what are some, at least in this scenario, when it comes to simplifying your tax trading, what are, do you have, I'm sure you do, because you do this all the time, what is an example of someone who's done it correctly when they came to you? What is an example of someone who has done it incorrectly when they came to you? Give us the spectrum. Okay, so the the people who do it correctly that make it easier take our advice in the initial intake communication, go to a third-party aggregator, log in with all their wallet accounts, pull everything in, generate the, the output form, and like, here, here's the spreadsheet you asked for, and here's the tax form you asked for. Oh, okay. And then it's, for us, it's one or two lines of data entry in the um, capital sales reporting form. Yeah. It's much easier and we don't charge as much for that. Um, the people who do it badly <laughs> um, sketch it out on a legal pad <laughs> by hand. Oh, well, this is what I sold, but like, don't can't use that. No. Uh, how often do you have people come to you and say that they have an idea of how crypto taxes work and they're really just looking validate their idea regardless of how it correct is. Is that a common occurrence or do most people come to you and they're willing to take your advice? It's just such a new thing. Now, that's the case. People are willing to, to accept advice. Mm -hmm. 
five years ago? No. <laughs> no, they no, they did not believe anything I said. So what is that big question that the guys are asking these days when they've you know they've handed you all their information, you've gone through and figured it all out, and they're you've you've kind of told them what they uh what they need to do next. What's their what's the reaction? Are they surprised by how much they owe? Are they kind of glad that they went and did the right way? What's the was Nobody's the glad about doing it the right I way. I guess so. Yeah, that's a silly question. <laughs> no, maybe no. Um, a lot of them are kind of mortified because now they got to sell more of their holdings to pay the tax, mm-hmm. which results in a new taxable transaction. Ooh. Um, yeah. Most of the questions that I've been getting from people who are behaving like adults, we'll call it behaving like adults. There mm-hmm. you go. That's a diplomatic way of putting it. Is is based on the fact that so many of these coins have run up in value in an extraordinary way in the last six to eight months. Mm -hmm. And they're looking on paper at gains of Mm $400,000, $800,000. And it's very alluring. They really want to liquidate now while the market is still high. And you can understand that. But then they start to think about, okay, well, these are all short-term which means they get taxed at the regular tax rate, not the long-term rate, which is much lower. Mm-hmm. What do I do? I don't want to have to pay the tax on it. And there's really only one way to get around it, which is to invest in a, in a qualified opportunity zone project, which is another entire animal. Mm-hmm. But I've started advising clients who have substantial trades that they want to, or substantial gains that they want to take, that they should find themselves a qualified opportunity zone mm-hmm. and invest those gains in it so as to defer paying the capital gains tax and extinguish some of it. So then how, how common is it? Obviously, like I said, you do this all the time. So it's second nature to you at this point. This sounds like the biggest thing that you're recommending is don't file or report your crypto trades on your own, especially if, is it even an option? If someone's using TurboPub tax to file their own taxes, do they even have it's, the forms updated for this? It's possible, but it's just like, you know, it's like all of these do-it-yourself things. Mm-hmm. I won't mention any copyrighted or or uh, service mark businesses, but mm-hmm. you can go onto the internet now and generate divorce forms. Mm-hmm. You can go onto the internet now and set up your LLC. Mm-hmm. You can go onto the internet now and create financial statements and, and accounting records. The problem is if you don't know what you're doing, you're actually making it much worse for yourself. Mm-hmm. I had a guy who um, called me about, oh, I don't know, eight months or so ago. He got divorced from his wife of 30 years using an online form service. Uh, and they went with a cheap package. Oh, and he had been in the military for more than 20 years. And his wife wanted him to divide his military pension. And they did not have the documentation to do that because the court had not done a property division settlement. All they did was grant the divorce. Mm. And he's like, well, how do I fix this? I'm like, you go hire a lawyer and write them a very large check. Because yeah. <laughs> you've got to reopen the divorce case and now you've got to settle a property claim. So you can do the same mess to your own situation trying to do this on your own in crypto. Most people who do a lot of stock trading won't do their own mm-hmm. taxes because it's just too complex. I can imagine. So then if the recommendation is to make sure to have 
a professional filing your taxes for you. How common is it to, one, is there any actual certifications out there that people can be looking for to know that their tax preparer is capable and most importantly competent in reporting their crypto trades? Is there a certification and how common is it for tax preparers to have that certification? There's one certification. It is not an official certification. So it's not like, you know, the IRS certification or okay. something like this. It's it's a um, continuing education school that has issued a certification that somebody is qualified to do mm-hmm. cryptocurrency taxes. I have not seen anybody with that certificate other than me. Oh. And what was the name of it again? It's, it's Act E. Act E. Act ACT E. Okay. Well, you're here first. If you're having filing your reporting your crypto trades, look for someone that has an Act E certification and good luck finding them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this this is so interesting, Douglas, to talk through. Um, and I'm sure we could keep on talking about cryptocurrency taxes all day. <laughs> um, but you know, we want to make sure that you know we have one tradition here on the show, and we like to ask one consistent question with each guest that comes on the show, and that's the entrepreneur's dilemma. And anyone out there who isn't familiar with that, uh, the dilemma is they say that there are five key focuses uh, out there, and entrepreneurs can only pick three. That is friends, family, health and fitness, sleep, and successful business. So, Douglas, which three do you prioritize and why? Uh, three of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, no pressure. Um, <laughs> I don't have uh, much in the way of family, so that's not a priority. Mm-hmm. Friends, mm-hmm. absolutely. Friends keep me sane. Mm-hmm. And then health and fitness. That's weird. To me, health and fitness and sleep all go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have enough sleep, it's impossible to be healthy. Mm-hmm. True. But I'd say if you're going to make me pick three, I'm going to go with friends, health and fitness, and sleep. Because you cannot have a successful business unless you have balance, which requires those other three things. So those three are the ends to the needs for the successful business. Too. Correct. That's an interesting way of looking. I don't think I've ever like that. that before. Yeah, I like that one. I like that answer. Huh. Yeah. It's very mild place. Very cool. <laughs> Are you saying you don't sleep? No, actually, that's one of the ones that I do prioritize. Last last week, we were talking about um, mine were friends, sleep, and a successful business. Much for the same way, like I don't have much in the form of family either. I like to pretend I prioritize my health and fitness, but if I'm being honest, I have to kick myself maybe not as much as I could. Mm-hmm. So you and I are pretty closely aligned, at least. Okay. But before we um, wrap things up today, Douglas, where can people find you or follow you online? Where do you want them to connect with you? Uh, the best place to do that would be on the website, mytaxguyinhouston.com. Uh, there is an online contact form and the phone number. Email is best because then it gets into the workflow system and we can track to make sure that we've responded to everybody. Gotcha. What email should they hit you up at? Tax at mytaxguyinhouston.com. Tax at mytaxguyinhouston.com. Got it. So for the rest of our listeners here, do you have a question you'd like to answer? Then... Call our question line at 832-377-7998 and leave a voicemail with your question. It rings straight to voicemail. Promise you won't have to actually talk to anybody. You can call any day, anytime. Um, Last but not least, this podcast is only possible by our stellar referral team, First Class Referrals. We meet every Wednesday at 7.30 a.m. via Zoom. So if you're looking to grow your business, And most importantly, if you like referrals, register to visit our next meeting at 
firstclassreferrals.com. Until next week, remember to subscribe for new episode notifications and make sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. Uh, that's it for today. I'm Greg Mellon. And I'm Andrew Buckley. You are now free to move about the cabin.